Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's Ruined. Oh, hello. Welcome to Ruined. I'm Allison. <clears throat> oh, and I'm Hallie. Oh, and this oh, is a podcast <laughs> um, where we ruin a horror movie just for you. Just for all of you. Hallie, how you doing? Well, Allison, I think we got to ask how you're doing because you're in New York right now. And had, yes. and, and we could talk sort of about the L.A. experience of what you just went through. But yeah. my God, how are you holding up with the, yeah. the, the, so, the skies full of smoke? For everybody listening, I think we might be a week or two behind um you know, real-time episode releases, but we just had the Calif- the Canadian wildfire smoke descend on New York, and it was apocalyptic. And I've been in New York for many an apocalyptic mm-hmm. experience, um, Hurricane Sandy, the entire pandemic, but this was like, my apartment looked like it was nighttime the ent- for 24 hours. It was so dark. It's so And like scary. outside was so, like normally from my terrace... Um, I can see the Freedom Tower, like, really clearly. I couldn't see the building next door. Oh, God. And the Freedom—I'm in Brooklyn, so, like, obviously, like, I'm talking about a distance that's, like, normally pretty far. Like, just, like, you could not see anything. And then I went outside for, like, five minutes just to, like, run to the store and come back. And it, like, truly just—it smelled like the city was on fire. Oh, God. It was so bad. Like, I've never been in L.A. during wildfire season, so I've never experienced this— you know, yeah, on the West Coast where it, like, is much more common. Like, have you? Yeah, the only year that has happened since I moved here was the fall of 2020. So it was, like, yeah. deep into the pandemic. And oh, we're, still, we're still in it. But, I mean, it's even right. the first year of the pandemic. And so everyone was already on fucking edge. And then the it was horrible smoke. And, and I think you guys actually had it worse than where I was. Like, I think if you were north of L.A., it would have been as bad as yeah. it was. But, like, we have the mountain range north yeah, of the city. Yeah, protects a little bit. So we still had like, but we had that like, you walk outside and the air is yellow because the yes. sun is being like uh, obfuscated by the smoke. And uh, fortunately we were able to get a um, air filter um, on, uh, air purifier rather, like on Amazon or something. But that's the thing is like living in New York, you wouldn't have like, th- th- you wouldn't consider like that's something that you need. Whereas here it's like, well, you do have to have an earthquake kit and like you should right. have some other stuff. And also now, if you you probably should have an air, air filter and ha- maybe think about some other things. But for you I guys, know. it's just not something that you would have. I mean, other th- yeah. I mean, you guys have hurricanes, obviously, but yeah, but like that's not yeah. exactly as like airborne. Um, I mean, I thought about getting an air purifier like during early days of COVID, just being like, it's in the air. Will yeah. this help? I don't think it. I don't know that it does for something that microscopic, but. Um, I am thinking of getting one now, just like in, I'm like, well, that's probably, I mean, I've got a lot of plants in here that, and I think that that does like some serious lifting, um, yeah. especially I've read snake plants, um, the I ones that one. look like kind of Nickelodeon hair. Yeah. Um, they are apparently like some of the best plants for 
um, filtering the air, like creating fresh air. Oh, good. Or whatever plants. I'm immediately do? like, I'll get eight of them. It's like, yes, okay, right. Sure. I'm like, oh, I'll buy a hundred plants and before I buy like forever. one device that actually does the job. Well, you know, if the power goes out, those the snake plants will still be there. You this know what I mean? True. Um, but I'm so sorry you guys had to deal with that. It was, I mean, just scary to watch. Yeah, the skyline of the skitty city, I'm sure, like, did not help keep things moving. Like, yeah, I feel like it's exactly. just like it all just kind of like sat here, but. Um, I left and came back, and uh, and now it seems fine. Good. And the AQ is AQI, AQ, whatever oh, yeah, it is. You have the to- number that we were all freaking out about is back down to normal levels. So I'm like, all right, the sun's out. Yeah. feels like we can breathe, but whew. Yeah, I'm, I'm very sorry you guys had to deal with that. It's so scary, mm-hmm. and I just feel like, you know, I have asthma, so it wasn't that bad with the mm-hmm. there, but you never know. And yeah. I think it's like just this really... This, the psychological strain of it, in addition to anyone who's dealing with any sort of chronic illness, it's just yes. like, I don't know. It's bad. It's bad, obviously. Um, People who deny climate change being um, something. Like, even if you're like, I don't know if humans are causing it. Like, why wouldn't we take the precautions to, in case we are? Like, yes. we, obviously we are. But, like, I just don't understand that logic. Because it's like, clearly, I'm like, when has this ever happened? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I think to your point, it's like, okay, well, so if it isn't us, then it's still, and it's still happening, then we should assume that we need to do everything we can to help rather than, and I'll tell you, if you watch fucking Fox News, man. No. I don't know. I can't remember which one, which one of the hosts immediately leapt into like, oh, they're going to say it was climate change, whatever. It's like, do you, and then there was a, a guest on Fox that we even got so far. It's like, the air is always like this in India or China. It's just particulates in the air. It doesn't even make you cough, which is just a lie. Like that part's it's like. You do cough. And also the air being like that in other cities does not make it okay that it's like that in other cities. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I, I think it's um I, like, yeah, there are a lot of places that have this problem specifically because they're low lying and they're on the water. So, and then there's like, you know, like it just kind of gets trapped yeah. there. So it's like, again, why, to go so far, I guess we shouldn't be surprised. I mean, you look at how they reacted with the pandemic, where like literally it's like anything, they cannot cannot handle any information other than to politicize and go insane. So, but to see the air like that and be like, it's not real is- It was so, also like all those assholes live here. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you're not going, you're not walking out of your studio into Midtown and being like, this is fine. Like- you're just not. I don't care what yeah. your political You're alignment is. Like, it was very scary and very hard to breathe and so dark. And I guess it's like we just have to know this as we go f- further. I mean, we know this about everything. We talk about, you know, obviously like, um, you know, overturning Roe vs. Wade and, and women and pre- other pregnant people's uh, access to medical health care. And we've talked about anti-LGBTQ the anti-LGBTQ movement that they've attached yes. themselves to. So it shouldn't be a surprise that, they are, that they're capable of this level of denial because that's the only thing right. they have. But I guess for us, it's good to know that, like, we're going to have to try to move things forward on all those fronts, including yes. climate change, knowing that they're going to do this. And yeah. that sucks, and I don't understand it because, like, to your point, no. they live places where, like, if it's not there yet, it's coming. You, right. you have children, you have grandchildren, like— why don't you care about them? I don't know yeah. what that is. I don't, there, I'm sure there's some term for it, but it's good for us to keep in mind it's that like, awful. they're not attached to reality. We know this. Right. 
And so when you see that, I, it's like, don't let that get you down because there are some people that we're never going to, we're not going to reach them and right. we're going to have to do other things without their consent or knowledge or permission. Yes. You know, like yes. it's just going to have to happen. So, um, yeah. and speaking of, before we get into the movie, I was about to say, what a segue opportunity. So we are raising, uh, or we are part of Crooked Media, of course, and they're doing a fuck bands, leave queer kids alone fundraiser throughout the uh, pride month. And their goal was to raise $50,000 to support organizations advocating for trans freedom. We've already raised that amount. So now oh they're, they're going to double it. I think I can say that. I, I think so. Um, so, uh, but if you'd like to donate and you'd like to donate more, you could also go to the website. You know, wh- when I give you this information, you can also see what organizations we are donating towards. There's basically two ways to donate. Um, you can go to vote, uh, votesaveamerica.com uh, slash fuckbands. Mm-hmm. So that is the website. When you go Great. there, you have two options. And I was not, I don't, I'm not, I'm not part of the political part of this. So I'm just saying there are two options. You can either donate to nonprofit organizations or you can donate to the political impact uh, part of Vote Save America that donates specifically to candidates. So if you're someone's like, I want to donate to candidates and organizations that are specifically political in mostly yes. red states, you know. Or I'd rather just donate to nonprofits. I, either is totally fine. They just have this demarcated. Both important website. and very helpful. Exactly. So it's up to you. Um, if you want to make a do- nonprofit a, a donation, it is tax deductible. I think that's why they had to set it up that way. Mm-hmm. And if you don't yeah. care about that, uh, you take a look. We, of course. And, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say. And another way you can also contribute is that you could come to our live show. June 18th, uh, Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, because we're going to be donating um, all of the profits from our live show as well as all of the new uh, Pride merch that we're going to have at the live show, which is only accessible then. Um, And I think, like, also, like, we've got tipping. Like, you could just, like, that's just another, like, way if you're, like, I just want to donate $3, like, there's a way to do that. So um, you can get tickets at moment.co slash ruined. And the movie that we're doing is... Bo is afraid. Yes, from a truly a genius director, heredit, a director Ari Aster, director of Hereditary. If you haven't listened to our Hereditary episode yet, please do. One of our favorites. Go um, way back. And and it has been fascinating to hear how many people hated this movie. And I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm so excited to watch it and tell you about it, whether I hate it or whether I love it. There's nothing more fun than when Hallie hates a movie. So if you haven't seen that in action, um, there's a couple episodes in the archive, but definitely come to the live show, and also you'll be contributing to the Fuck Bands um, movement. What are we calling this? Fundraiser? Fundraiser? So yes, you can go ahead. You'll contribute to fucking these bands and protecting trans kids, because that's ultimately what's important here. And trans people need, first of all, all of our dollars and all of our Mm -hmm. attention right now. I remember it was Trans Day of Visibility earlier this spring, and, you know, trans people online are like, well, it's the problem is that we're very visible, and it's the yes. other stuff we need. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we have been made we've been ex- made over visible, and now yes. we need other people to show up and be visible with us. So this is a weird part of that. And obviously, this fundraiser will be ongoing. It's just that like Pride is the push for it. Um, but again, you can go to votesaveamerica.com/slash/fuckbands to learn more to donate. And um, yeah, uh, please join us for the live show. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we love you. Yeah. And now we'll get into the, this week's movie. As we must. And, of course, it is uh, Pride Month. And, you know, it is, it's not hard, but it is sort of 
interesting to like try to figure out what movie to do because so mm-hmm. many movies that are quote unquote queer are in the coded way that yes. queerness has had to exist in society, which yes. I knew before I came out last year, but I didn't really understand, you know? Mm. So you're seeing these movies that are like, oh, these are classically queer movies. And then you're like, well, there's nothing in the plot that seems queer, but I trust you. Right. And one of those movies that's on every fucking list is from 1942. It is the movie Cat People. This has got to be the oldest movie we've done. This is from, yeah, 1942. I believe it is the, the oldest that we've done. I don't think we've done anything else even remote. I think like the 70s yeah. is like what we go back to for the most part. Yeah, it was like the crazies so might have been the oldest old one. Yeah. So yeah, this is, uh, is directed by, and you know I'm going to, somebody called me out for my pronunciation of the French oh, yes. names in Knife, Knife and Heart, and I'm so sorry to every French person because I'm going to do it again. This is directed by French. Uh, Jacques Tournay. Landed it, nailed it. And it. it was produced uh, for RKO, and it was written by DeWitt Bodine. And um, those I, are such like so good. 1940s show business names. Like when even just like when I was watching the trailer and it like listed all that, it's like Jack Holt. And it's yeah, like, that's it's so such good. a 1940s like actor's name. And I want to say, uh, DeWitt Bodine, the screenwriter. Uh, his full name is Homer DeWitt Bodine. It's like, oh, it's so good. It's so good. And this movie, I will say, um, is so queer. And it seems, it's sort of classically sort of seen as like a lesbian story Mm. about a woman caught between conventional marriage and perhaps her own animal nature that should she unleash it, it will destroy this fantasy of a heterosexual life she's built. Been there, girl. And what I think is uh, helpful to point out, and again, I don't think that you have to be straight to, I don't think you have to be queer to write a queer story. I don't, mm. but I do think it is helpful. And yes. I only said it because DeWitt Bodine was gay, my friend. And yeah. I feel like you could feel it. Right. He lived with an American actor. Uh, his name was Val, Val Dufour. Um, Val Dufour, man, these names. So again, an era in which, like, obviously people were having queer relationships, like they were queer, but it all had to be mm-hmm. behind closed doors. It had to be hidden. You know, people had beards. People were, in order to work in Hollywood at all, you, you know, there's sort of this, the glass closet, you know. Um, so it is from that era, and seeing it now, it's like, oh, yeah, no, this feels very queer to me. This is absolutely <laughs> belongs on all these lists. And, um, yeah, so uh, I couldn't be happier with this movie. I loved it so much. And, of course, we always like to have Allison watch the trailer before we do a movie. Allison, what were your thoughts about the Cat People trailer? I mean, I'm first of all, loving a movie with a cat. I just oh, really— Oh, absolutely. I'm just like— As a cat I'm like, person. Riz, should we watch this? Um, but, yeah, it's very sexy. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm just like, oh, someone's a cat or a cat's a someone, and that, that sounds great. <laughs> I was very in. Oh, good. And uh, we also like to take a baseline scary. Um, Allison, how how scary do you find the concept of turning into a, a cat? I don't find that scary. That I know sounds it sounds like- fun. So I often look over at Riz and I'm like, I would trade lives with you in one second. There is just no, like, I'm like, oh, all you do is take naps and get fed by somebody and play and you don't have anything to worry about. You don't pay bills. You don't pay rent. Like, that sounds great. But somebody I know turning into a cat Mm -hmm. would be scary because I'd be like, how did that happen? 
And they, they, they sort of try to, they, they create a mythology that I really enjoyed okay. in this movie. I'm excited. And I guess like the, the larger, cause cats is more manageable. And even in the, in the movie, the, the animal sort of avatar that is sort of, you know, the movie plays with is a uh, black panther. But mm. there is something like how, how scared do you find the concept of turning into a monster? Like to t- find yourself yeah. transforming into a monster. Well, it feels like if you don't know how it's happening, then you also won't know how to stop it. Mm-hmm. And that feels like a very scary, out-of-control scenario to be in. And I think what feels so queer about this is, like, the th- the only way to stop this is to live a solitary, lonely life. Oh. I know. I see. And yeah, so, got it. And then, like, so as she tries to approach, you know, specifically sex and love— that it, it becomes this threat of, is this real? Do Is this thing that I believe is going to happen, is it going to happen when everyone around me is telling me I'm insane? But yeah. I know that should I step out of, for example, say a closet-sized space in which I've created a life, would it destroy everything that I yes. uh, that I actually think I want? And the answer is, you better believe it will, baby. Uh, um, of course. And so before we get started, Allison, would you like to guess the twist in Cat People? the twist. Would you say that there's like a conventional twist? I would say or is it- what you see is what you get, baby. When you see the title cat people, you're From getting- From 1942. Yeah, yeah, you're getting. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, the, there's a 1982 remake, so I yes. don't know if they play it quite so literally, but like the whole movie is like, uh-oh, and there might be some cat people showing up. So the question is, do they show up, Allison? I think that- um, Yes, the cat people do show up and that there is a cat in charge that eventually presents itself. Okay, great. A ruler <laughs> of the cat, queen cat. Yes. I love and it. That, and that perhaps the characters in the movie know them. Yes. Yes. Okay, great. Excellent work. So let okay. us begin. <clears throat> Ruining 1942's Cat People. We open on, we not only open on, we open and close on text on the screen. Couldn't be happier. Um, and so the, the quote on the screen, uh, which is sort of over a statuette on a desk, which we will have contextualized for us in a minute. The quote is, even as fog continues to lie in the valleys, so does ancient sin cling to the low places. The depressions in the world. Consciousness. That's from the Anatomy of Atavism by Dr. Lewis Judd. We find ourselves at the zoo, Allison. And is we that see. a real person? Like, you know, is that a real quote, or is that a quote for the movie? I believe it's new. All and right. I think uh, this movie also, I mean, we've certainly raved about uh, conventional um, Christianity a lot. Yeah, this, we love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, this movie, you know, actually, maybe it's not real. It's not real. Oh, I'm such a dumbass. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Sorry, we're listening. Oh, it was like, oh, Dr. John. I'm like, that's a character in the movie. <laughs> We're going to meet Dr. Lewis John. I was like, oh, wow, that's so crazy. <laughs> You're like, this documentary is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I was like, damn, this lady, what the hell she's going through? So, no, that's a fake quote that we are going to okay. meet the character that said it. Okay, great. Um, well, I only say because the quote at the end is a real quote from something. So, Ooh. I was just like, oh, whatever, okay. I don't know. And then it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's not that many Lewis Judds in the world, Hallie. Sorry, everyone. I'm going to blame all the um, allergy medication I'm on, yes. so for that. <clears throat> we, we meet up with the zoo. 
with a beautiful woman. She's sketching a black panther in the saddest cage. And it's obviously just a set, but it's just like a bear cage that a panther walks back and forth in all day. Oh, it's no, a that makes me so sad. And this woman's there. She's sketching the black panther. She's in a perfect skirt suit with like a matching hat. She looks incredible. Oh. The woman's name is Irina Dubrovna. And the panther's name, and we only know because Amazon has the whole cast. Oh, the panther's great. name in real life is Dynamite. Oh. Which I did think was sweet. I really like that. And we see Irina turn. She crumples up her sketch and she throws it towards a trash can. She misses and it lands at the feet of a handsome man in a fabulous suit who is drinking a soda from the soda cart. There's a soda cart in the zoo. And I'm like, oh, I'd love to have a, a soda in the zoo. I want a soda cart to follow me around. Oh, And just God. give me cold Diet Cokes all the time. Um, if only. So we see Oliver. He picks up the paper and he... he so he tosses it and then wordlessly points to this anti-littering sign. And it's so beautifully written, this anti-littering sign. It basically is meaningless. It says, let no one say it to your shame that all was beauty here until you came. So that's what it has instead of saying no littering. Allison, this is downright obscure. I would have not figured out what that means. I, th- I think we're just dumber. Not, I, I, I don't think we're like just the dumb. dumbing down of America, but I mean, I'm just like, I, we're particularly, we in particular are dumber. The two of us are stupid. Absolutely. We've been <laughs> dumb dumb. Um, and Irina kind of like gives him a nod and it goes back to sketching. And then she keeps tearing up. She tears up Arthur's sketch, crumbles it up and goes to throw it. And Oliver kind of playfully swoops in and takes it. And he slam dunks it in the garbage can. And he says, well, you probably hear this pickup line all the time, but I don't know many artists, or I don't know any artists. She says, I'm not an artist. I just do sketches for fashion drawings, like I work at a fashion house. And I was like, well, that is art, but okay. Yeah. And turns out she's a designer. She's from Serbia. And she said, if you actually saw my sketches, you might not want to know any artists. He said, it had to be pretty bad uh, for that to happen. And we see her crumple up her last sketch. And it kind of falls to the ground and, and blows in the wind and the leaves. And we see the sketch. It's the panther being stabbed through with a sword, Allison. Oh, no. Dynamite. And, you know, now they've struck up a conversation. They, they, she packs up her stuff and they start to walk away. And, Allison, they're already falling in love. Allison, I mean, who wouldn't be? where in the zoo do you think you'd want to fall in love? Oh, great question. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as far away from the house of birds as possible. Okay, great. What about Monkey House? Also pretty stinky. But yeah, Monkey, Monkey Island, is they're usually outside. Yeah. I think, like, I wouldn't want to be around any of the monkeys because I'm like, eh, we're all a little too close. Right, yeah. Genetically. <laughs> like, are, you, are you afraid that you might fall in love with a monkey? <laughs> the, inadvertently, you know, inadvertently. The person who I would like to fall in love with me would fall in love with a monkey instead of me. <laughs> <laughs> How's your date in the zoo? Well, you won't believe what happened again. I thought I was on a date. He leaves with a chimpanzee. <laughs> I mean, look. Yeah. Um, I think... <laughs> I think um, just based on some zoos I've been to, like, I think we're, like, the seals and sea lions are hanging out. Yes, absolutely. That's very <laughs> fun. Because, like, it's, like, water. It's kind of, like, you know, they're playing with toys. I love that. I just keep thinking, like, it's Sex in the City, but they were instead so I know Kim Cattrall's coming back for a Just Like That a cameo. Yes. But they just replace her with you, and your thing is that your ex is dating a chimpanzee. And you're trying to, like, it's it's like it's hard not to take it personally. You know what I mean? Like, at a, at a certain point, it's not, it's not even human, you know? <laughs> you're like, I guess this is better than you. Um, where would you where would you want to fall in love at the zoo? You know, I feel like if they have any kind of, like, butterfly or insect room, I feel like that would be fun. Mm. If not, I think I want to fall in love in the lizard house. 
Oh, I, I like know. that. There's some about it. the lizards. Yeah. They don't seem like they would be something I like, but I do like them. Me too. I think they're so beautiful. Like the verdant green of a lizard. I, I yeah. think that'd be, that's romantic, you know? Yeah. Um, and so as they walk, Olivia, Oliver asks, I can't, Olivier, I, sorry, I'm, I'm like off my nut. Okay. As they walk, <laughs> Oliver asks Serena, if, can I write you a letter asking you out to tea? And I'm like, oh, it's the 40s. Ugh. And she says, courtship. She shakes her head and she's like, okay, well, you know, can I write you a letter asking something else? She's like, you don't have to write me a letter at all. This is my house. We can have tea right now. And she invites him up. I was like, oh, okay. Daring. And he says, oh, you're making this too easy, aren't you? So they go up. And she's about to open. So she's in the brownstone and then like her apartment door is like up a flight of stairs. Mm-hmm. And she says, I've never had anyone over yet. Like I have, I have no people at work, you know, like I immigrated here, but you're the first like actual friend I've made out in America. And I am bringing you right home, aren't I? Um, wow. But they clearly wow. have a vibe. And I was like, good for you. It, you yeah, are a it. modern woman. It is the 40s. You might be turning into a cat person in a minute, you know. Um, and he walks in and he smells the air and he says, what's that smell? She's like, oh, it's my perfume, um, Lalage. And I, she's like, I, I spray myself with it every day. I, maybe it's sort of in my apartment. I probably like it too much, you know. And night falls and we cut to just hardcore fucking. No, I'm kidding. It's the 40s. Wow. We don't even I see I was like, that. wow, bold for the yeah. 40s. Um, no, we see them, uh, the night, the, I think it, the intimation of sex is like, he's smoking on the couch and Arena's sitting at the window humming in the pitch darkness. And yeah, I think yeah, we're yeah. supposed to think like the sun went down and like, they've just been like talking yeah. and we could hear the lions roaring from the zoo. Cause she only lives like two blocks down. And he says, does it bother you? That sound? And she says, no, my neighbors complain about it sometimes, but I'm like, to who? The lions? Yeah. But she says, but to, to you? me, Yeah. <laughs> To me, it's like the sound of the sea, natural and soothing. I like that. I like that, too. And she, but she says, but sometimes I can hear the panther, and it screams like a woman. And I don't like that. It's like, okay, yeah, that would be bad. I mean, I wouldn't like that either. Um, so she cleans up the tea. She turns the line and says, I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize how dark it was in here. And he admires the statue. So this is a statue we saw over again, the fictional quote that I just realized was fictional. And it's the statue <laughs> of a king on horseback holding aloft a sword and impaled on his sword, Allison. You're not going to believe this. It's a panther. It's a big cat. Oh, boy. And he says, what's this crazy statue? She says, oh, it's the it's King John of Serbia. He drove out the uh, Mamelukes, and he freed the people. And Oliver's like, yeah, well, why is he impaling a cat on a sword? He says, and this is the story, Allison. This is like where we're starting out. Arena says, the Mamelukes came to Serbia a long time ago and enslaved the people. At first, the people were good and worshipped God in a true Christian way. But little by little, the people changed. When King John drove out the Mamelukes and came to our village, he found evil things. People had bowed down to Satan and said their masses to him. They had become witches and were evil. Well, King John put some of them to the sword, and some, the wisest and the most wicked, escaped into the mountains. Okay, so just, yeah, to clarify. Mm-hmm. Uh, mountain cats. Yes. Came to the towns. I don't know. Okay. The Malamukes, um, the uh, Ma- Mamelukes came. I don't know the if Mama they Luke themselves a, like a cat. No, I think they're some sort of people, but I don't oh. know that. I the intimation is they came in and started worshiping the devil, and then I guess the devil gave um, them the ability to become cats. Does that are we sound- sure that it's not just like the cats made the people worship the devil? I that makes sense. Um. 
I mean, both are, in, like, really not real, but... Um. Um, also, this is... It does feel racist. I'm looking at... Uh, Mamluk itself is not a word, but mom, Mamluk was a term mostly com- most commonly referred to non-Arab, ethnically diverse, enslaved mercenaries, slave soldiers, and freed slaves who were assigned okay. to high-ranking military and administrative duties, and they worked in the Ottoman and Arab dynasties. So I think we're okay. thinking so in... That all- yeah, so there's the Christians and then this other, okay. you know, entity. These other people. The other shows up. Yes. And, of course, gives people, and like we all cats. know, the ability to turn into cats <laughs> and worship the devil. Um, so, yeah, the timeline's a little hazy on that. Yeah. And so Oliver says, okay. that's quite a tale. You know, like, what is? why do you have it? Like, what does that have to do with you? And we see Irina's face fall and she says, the legend of the wicked ones who escaped it haunts my village. And the clock chimes, and Oliver goes, well, okay, it's getting pretty late. You know, I'm probably going to head out after that. <laughs> um, but, he, you know, as he walks down the stairs, he asks her, can I take you out to dinner? And she says, yes. And he says, how about tomorrow? And she nods. And he walks down this, like, winding bandit, like, uh, staircase, and they lock eyes. He gets to the bottom, he locks eyes, and she smiles. So they're in love, Allison, love. after one date. We then go to C.R. Cooper Ship and Barge Construction because... <laughs> The 1942 version of Architect is some sort of barge engineer. Yes. Which is what Oliver does for his day job. And he works with his coworkers, the Commodore, Doc Carver, and Alice. Okay. And all of them hear him meowing and they turn. And on his, like, drafting table, Oliver has a kitten in a shoebox filled with newspaper shredded up. Okay, that's okay. I guess I'd that's like, what they like. I was like, that's what the that's probably was the fashion at the time. I don't know much yeah. about it. And Al scoops it up, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, you got a kitten, tiny kitten!" And so everyone says, "Ooh, Oliver must have a girlfriend because girls like cats." And he I says, guess I, mean, I I'm proving the rule. So <laughs> I know exactly. I was like, also, I can't have cats because I'm allergic. But boy, they're boy, this cat's cute. I mean, kittens, and he, they're a whole other deal. And Alice says, oh, so is she really your girlfriend? And he says, well, not yet, but we've been on one date and I'm in love, so it's probably gonna, we're probably gonna get married at some point. And he kind of then wedges the kitten back into the box. That's like, did you get the box of the pet store? Or they were just putting them in, yeah, sh- they probably were just putting them in shoe boxes. Yeah. Um, that night, Oliver goes to pick up Irina for their second date, Allison, and gives her the kitten, which immediately hisses and sort of rears back. Oh. And she says, yeah, I'm sorry. I It didn't come up on our first date, but cats don't really seem to like me. Hmm. And he sort of let down. She's like, you know, actually, that's okay. Let's go to the pet store and see if we can exchange it for another pet. Like, so what? I'm like, is that what you could do? I don't know. I've never, been, yeah. I never purchased like, from a pet this store. Cat, this cat hates the love of my life. Can we get a bird instead? Like, I don't know. Like, Well, Allison, that's exactly what they're going to do. Oh, um, no. And as soon as they go to the pet store, it's essentially raining outside. They step in. All the animals go nuts. And it's so loud, both they and the pet shop ladies step out under the awning. And the pet shop lady's like, I am so sorry. I don't know why they're going crazy. The last time this happened is because an alley cat got in overnight and ate up my finches. So I don't know what that is. What, what What's the deal with that? And Oliver's like, okay, anyways, can we exchange a cat for a canary? Allison, can you do that? I mean, I, uh, I are they the making same return? Price? Let's say it's a flat exchange. I guess you okay. could. I guess you could. 
And the pet store lady says, come on back. And this is how she describes the canary, which maybe put a fucking smile on her face. She says, I've got a nice little lemon fellow with top notes like Caruso. And I don't know who Caruso is, but a oh, nice but little like lemon fellow. Lemon fellow is great. Um, and so they start to go back in and uh, all the pets have calmed down. Irina says, Oliver, you go pick out a canary. I'll stay here outside of the rain. And she waits in the umbrella. And go get me a bird. Pet store lady is packing up the canary in like a little cage for him to take and wraps the cage in newspaper because it's raining. Yep. And she says, animals are always so psychic. They always know when someone's not quite right. Anyways, probably no big deal. I'll take the cat back and you take this uh, little bird here. And they go back to her place and Oliver falls asleep on the couch. When he wakes up, Irina's watching him sleep and they sit by the fire and it's very romantic and cozy. And he tells her, Allison, I love you. Wow. It's a second damn date. And I guess it is second the 40s, date. so what are we yeah. going to do? We have to get married. We're obligated to get married, so you seem fine, yeah. you know. And Oliver says, and you love me. And she nods. And he says, it's funny. I love you, and I haven't even kissed you yet. And she says, well, why is that funny? And he's like, oh, sorry. This must be a Serbian thing. He's like, in America, people tend to fall in love, like, after they've kissed for, like, a while. You know, like. So they haven't kissed. They haven't kissed. But- but we have kind of implied that they had sex. I think we are to understand that they did not. They haven't done anything. Oh, I see. Okay. So they just were together on like all evening talking, exactly. falling in love. Okay. And because I didn't, I did. I, I was also surprised because I assumed they must have kissed. I was like, okay, if we didn't, if yeah. we didn't have sex, but you, you assume you canoodled. There must have been some canoodling. Some canoodling. To be fair, this is their second date, so maybe this had got to it. Yeah. But um. You know, he's like, oh, sorry. Like, it, uh, he's just assuming, like, okay, sir, this is like a Serbian thing. Don't worry about it. Like, I don't, we'll f- figure this out. But in America, yeah, typically people kiss and then, like, there's a lot of kissing and then there's, like, you get to know someone, then you get married. Yeah. And Arena becomes downcast and she says to Oliver, I've lived in dread of this moment, which everyone <laughs> loves to hear on a second yes. date. Yes. When you're like, I'm in love with you. Here's a bird. <laughs> you're says, in dread. <laughs> She tells him, I've stayed away from people. I never wanted this to happen. I, I fled from my past. Some things you can never know or understand. Evil things. And he's like, are you talking about the fucking cat people? That's a fairy tale. That doesn't scare me. Mm-hmm. And he tells her, and this, this is the word, Allison, that comes up over and over again. And that You know at the end of this, I'm going to talk about my queer feelings about this. And he says to her, you're not like that. You're normal. He tells her, you're so normal, you're going to marry me. Ooh. Ooh. And he says. Loaded. You can tell those fairy tales to our children. Allison, they get married. And the, imp- <laughs> the implication is it's like not that far off. Like yeah. it's not like the third date, but like it's right. pretty soon after. It's like maybe a couple months or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's winter time now. And again, like, the, I love that it's like, you know, we see the rain. We see the leaves. We see the rain. We see the snow. You know, sort of tracking it without calling out how long it's yes. been. Right. And they're celebrating. They're having their post-wedding dinner, like a very small party at uh, the Belgrade, which is a Serbian restaurant. And everyone's cutting it up. And Doc Carver calls the waiter, uh, the waiter um, um, Kamataje, because he thinks it means waiter. And Irene says, that means thief. You can't call that. Everyone's laughing and having a good time. The Commodore, who again is um, one of Oliver's co-workers, turns uh-huh. to Alice and says, Doc Carver thinks Oliver's bride is a nice girl, but she's terrifically odd. He's worried about the mar- marriage. Terrifically odd is a great phrase. And it's also like, dude, you're four feet away from her. There are only 25 people here. She can't hear you. You cannot yes. say, they just got married. 
But Alice is like, no, no, I've talked to her. She's really great. Oliver's so in love. They're going to be just fine. No one's going to turn into a cat person. It's going to be okay. Just then, Allison, a woman in a fucking sickening black, uh, black sparkly dress, and she has a black bow arranged like cat ears, and sort of these two rolls down her, like her hair is done mm-hmm. up in like two rolls, mm-hmm. so it kind of looks like cat ears as well. Looks at them from across the restaurant and locks eyes with Arena, and uh, everyone, Commodore's like, look at her. And in case we didn't get it, Doc Carver says, she looks like a cat, so in case we didn't get it. <laughs> I love the 40s. <laughs> it's so good. Allison, this cat person, if you will, walks over to Irina and says to her, Moya, uh, Moa Sestra. And Irina crosses herself and looks horrified. And everyone kind of falls silent and watches this woman uh, sashay out. Turns out she, there's a fucking cape attached to the back of her Ugh. dress. And she puts a Incredible. fur over it, like a fur Ugh. cape. And she exits into the snow and everyone's like, oh my God, who was that woman? She looked incredible. Like, what, what a weirdo. And Oliver says who's, to Irina, who is still silently staring with horror, she said, what did that woman say to you in Serbia? And, and Irina says, she greeted me. She called me sister. Allison, what will you do? What would you do? Am I Oliver? Olivia? I, or whatever? I think you could choose. You're, you could be Oliver or you could be um, Irina. It's up to you. I mean, if I'm him, I'm probably like, no, oh, well. At this I guess point. my wife will have her own thing going on, and that's fine. Um, yeah, it's the 40s. Like, okay, yeah, sure. The 40s. I feel like that's what was happening. Um, I get, yeah, I, like, clearly there's cat stuff happening. Yeah. But that would that be enough for you to? I don't say, think at this yeah. point it's enough to, like, it's just like, oh, it's lady. Yeah. Like, I don't know, there's a bunch of ladies around doing weird stuff all the time. Like, I feel like, you know, you come across a strange person who, like, freak someone out and it's like, all right, that's not enough to like be suspicious that someone's going to turn into a cat. Like absolutely, one stranger in a fur is not enough. And then what if you're Irina and this happens? Are you, are you taking, you're already kind of nervous. I think I would flee. You'd flee. You'd flee into I the snow. I think I would flee. Yeah. I don't I know that. where I would go, but it seems that somewhere. this woman's got my number and it doesn't seem like a good thing. I completely agree. I would also flee into the snow. I think that's, yeah. that's what you got to do. All right. Yeah. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. She says, Oliver, you saw what she looked like. And she's like, oh, my God. You're telling me she's one of King John's cat people now? We've talked about this so many times. You and those cat people. And the- <laughs> We've talked about this so many times. It's a very funny. 
And it's like, okay, yeah, you're going to talk about it a lot because this is the the basis of your marriage, basically. So the working drives him home and drops off um, Oliver and Irina. And as soon as they drive away, Irina's sort of silent and sullen. And Oliver says, what is it, Mrs. Reed? And she tells him, I want to be Mrs. Reed fully, but I need time. He's like, well, you are Mrs. Reed. We just got married. She's like, no, no, right. I. what I'm saying is I need you to be patient. I have to, I need time before I can do that stuff that we're supposed to do tonight. Because mm-hmm. I, so, I know it's been a couple months, so I know that we haven't haven't done much. So, so they still, we're, we're assuming they haven't really had sex yet or. I, Allison, I think we're to think they have not even kissed. Which I just feel like, I know it's the 40s, but come on. Come on. It's not the 1840s. So the 1400s. Um, but she At says. Peck. And, and again, here's the queer quote. She says, I need to have time to get over feeling like there's something evil in me. It's like, girl, okay. Mm. But like, what's the plan? How are you going to do that? What, like, yeah. what's the path forward, you know? But, you know, Oliver's like, do not worry. I don't feel any pressure. I'm in no rush. We got all the time in the world, baby. Like, do, it's totally fine. But it's to the point where she does not want to sleep in bed with him. So he has to sleep on the couch. And they retired her bed. They can't she, have a two-bedroom? Yeah, can't you do the um, the Lucy and the Desi? twin beds? Yeah, twin yeah. beds. At least you're in the same room. You can hold hands across the gap. That sounds nice. Um, she puts on her robe and her pajamas, her, like, nightgown and robe, so she's now more dressed than she was at her own. Yeah. Like, it's like <laughs> a nightgown that has, a, a looks like a white-collar shirt over it, looks like a full-length dress. It's incredible. <laughs> and they have I this... Mean, Elegant pajamas and robes of kind of Amazing. the 40s and oh, 50s yeah. are just, like, there's nothing more chic. And she has, like, all these incredible, like, skirt suits, like a black, like, sort of, like, wrap um, top. It's so—she looks incredible. The fashion is incredible. And they have this awkward, like, are we gonna—are we— But she goes into the bedroom and shuts the door, and Oliver knocks and tells her good night. And we see her almost open the door to let him in until she hears— the feminine screams of the panther from the zoo. And her hand drops from the knob, and she whispers, Good night, Oliver. A few weeks later, Irina stops by the zookeeper, who is one of these, like, much like we've discussed in previous uh, movies. Uh, say, for example, the owner of the gas station. The old crotchety town kook who's going to warn you about what's going to happen. The zookeeper okay. is that character where he's sweeping out outside the panther that. cage. And she says, oh, I just love to see the panther. I love coming here. The panther's so beautiful. He says, no, he's an evil critter. She says, excuse me? He tell, this is the zookeeper. Like, critter. <laughs> yeah, it's like, don't work at the zoo if you think some of the animals are evil, first of all. Yeah. Also, the word critter, really quick. Have I talked about this on the podcast? The graffiti on the Puss in Boots? No. Um, one of the subway ads um, in one of the stations was for Puss in Boots 2, I guess, which is like an animated movie about Puss in Boots. And somebody graffitied on it and wrote, I would fuck these critters. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so funny. That's so funny. The, the word critters now only has that association for me. Um, now this is as funny, but it, I always brought to mind, during the pandemic, I saw my favorite graffiti, which is that somebody spray painted on a wall that says, I just want my stimmy. <laughs> and I did think that I was great. graffiti. Um... Uh, so the zookeeper goes on to tell Irina, he's like, you know in the yeah, book of- Evil cats. He says, you know in the book of Revelations? That's coming up. Oh, yeah. He says- And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. Like unto a leopard. Yes, ma'am. Like a leopard, but not a leopard. 
I guess that fits this fella. So he's literally saying this is the beast from Revelations at the zoo. It's like, why is he even at the zoo then? And I and she she walks off, and the zookeeper says, "Congratulations on getting married." Because she, you know, he he knows her from coming every fucking day to the zoo to look at the panther. Back at home, we see Irina sketching outfits and humming a song, the same song the zookeeper was singing. Her canary starts uh, singing back, and Irina goes over, and she reaches into the canary's cage, and similar to like a cat batting a a bird, Mm kind of tries to grab the canary, and it has a heart attack and drops dead. Not great. Allison, she puts the canary's body in a shoebox. She takes a little corpse to the zoo. She takes out the box, and she hurls it into the panther's cage. Okay. And then she runs back home. Back at home, Oliver pours them a sherry, and Irina's distraught because he just thinks, oh, the bird died and you buried it. or threw it. You, could, you could actually throw your pet away in the New York trash, but you have to label it as such. So you yes. could hypothetically put out, say, a dead dog. It has to be obviously in a bag and you a have to write a dead dog, dead on, it? dog on it. I know. Aye. But also Aye. it's like, where else do you spend if you don't have a car? It's like, yeah, like what do you right. do? You can't always have and like to like, go to a pet, I think they come you make they make it. you pay for it. I mean like if you yeah. like are one cremated, like it's not free. Um, Riz, cover your ears. Sorry. Um not you. You'll be you'll <laughs> you're be, never gonna die. You're gonna be stuffed and mounted in the Smithsonian under in the best cat uh, section. World's best cat. Um and he's like, you know, look, I know you're really sorry, but I know you're really sad about the bird dying, but it was his time. And she says, no, it's not that. And she turns to Oliver and again gives this, like, trapped lesbian speech where she says, I envy every woman on the street. They're happy. They make their husbands happy. Oh, they lead normal, happy lives. They're free. Oh, my God. Are they, Irina? This seems I like a don't... little bit of projection here. Yeah. But again, normal, wanting normalcy to lead a normal, happy life. And she admits to him, the bird died when I was trying to grab it with grab it in my hand. And he's like, okay, the canary was afraid of you. I had a rabbit that hated me, which I thought was a very funny line. <laughs> very funny. He's like, I had a rabbit that hated me, and I turned out fine. Like, what was it talking shit? Like, how did you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like this son of a bitch. Um, but she says, she tells him about going to the zoo and throwing the canary in the panther cage and she says I had to do it that's what frightens me and then Oliver takes a very progressive like stance during this movie which I really appreciate he's like you know I've been trying to like joke you out of this thing it seems like you're obsessed with these like cat stories but I see now that the issue is not the stories it's that you believe in them so we need Mm. to get you help Mm. we need to get someone for you to talk to okay and we see, this is a more progressive and advanced position than many of the oh, men yeah. in contemporary movies have had. And, you know, and he says, you know, he's, he's, Irina looks over the King John statue. And he goes, nope, not that kind of help. No, we're not going to stab the panther, okay? She's, he says, we're, we need to face this together. We need someone who can find the reason for your belief and cure it. That's what we need, a psychiatrist. Allison... I was like, okay, it's someone in a horror movie, even like Finally. now, wouldn't go to a psychiatrist. Right. Someone in this movie's like, we gotta go, we gotta find somebody because we gotta figure this yes. out. We need a professional. We need to work on this. Yeah. That's great. Unfortunately, Good for him. Yeah. Unfortunately, when they do find a psychiatrist, we cut to Irina and he is, the psychiatrist is immediately hypnotizing her. Like, okay. first session. Okay. And this is, of course, Dr. Lewis Judd from the fictional oh, from quote at the quote. beginning of the movie. <laughs> real person, doctor. Yeah. Real to me. Real to me. Um, I mean, real in the movie. 
Um, he tells Hypnotize Irina, so he goes, so you were telling me about the cats? And clearly, like, in her hypnosis, she's also just been like, and the cats and the cats. The cats and the cats and the cats and the cats. And she says, the cats torment me in my dreams. I have no peace, for they are in me. And Dr. Judd repeats it, in me? But she doesn't reply. He opens the shade. He takes Irina out of her hypnotic state by kind of lightly slapping her on the cheek with the back of his hand, which I was like, I... Medicine. Yeah, I, I, so I, think, I don't think you're allowed to just riff in that way, you know? No. But she has no memory of their conversation. So he's like, okay, great. Don't worry. I took notes. He said, you're telling me about the cat people of your village who, out of jealousy or, or, or anger or out of their own corrupt passions, can change into great cats like panthers. And I agree. A panther is a great cat. Let's give it up for Panthers, Allison. Let's round of applause for, for our, all these great cats out here. Riz just looked up at me. It's um, like he knows we're talking. I got kitties. But yeah, panthers said, are great cats. He said, if one of these women were one of these proposed cat persons, um, who hypothetically, and this is all women, he said, if one of these women were to kiss her lover, fall into his embrace, she would be driven by her own evil to kill him. And she's like, oh, yeah, that seems like something I would have told you when I was hypnotized. That seems about right. Okay. The fact that, yeah, she's like, I can't believe I'm not telling it to you right now. (laughs) And he says, okay, so here's what I've got. Obviously, like, this is from some trauma in your youth. Like, this is about, like, the village you were raised in, the stories that were passed to you. Here's some things that I think probably led to this. One, your father died in a mysterious accident in the forest before your birth. So, okay. All these other all the other children would make fun of you and call your mother a witch and a catwoman and say blaming your father's death on her saying that she was like a witch. Is he saying that that is what happened yes. or we're to understand is he like my guess is this is what happened. No, he, she uh, we're to believe she revealed that. It. She revealed that okay. when she was hypnotized. And he's like, look, early I was to me this also felt like very modern. He's like Early traumas can sort of form a a canker in the mind, like this sore spot that you could either sort of reopen or we could heal it. And I was like, that's that's a helpful way to look at it. And then on her way out, she says, what should I tell my husband about our sessions? Like, I I don't know exactly how to talk to him about it. And Dr. Judd, again, it's still the 40s, says, tell him what all wives tell their husbands. Nothing. Okay, anyways, get out of here, crazy kid. See you next week. Um. Irina comes home. I fucking love the scene that's coming up here. Irina comes home to find Oliver smoking with his coworker, Alice. Irina's been Alice. She's like, okay, great. Allison, Alice turns to Irina and says, so how is Dr. Judd? And the actress who plays um, Irina, her name is Simone Simon. And is her face. What a name. In the, I'm sure I can't. We'll get a look up her, what her actual name was. Yeah. But um, her face in that moment is the perfect expression of, oh my God, my husband told his hot female co-worker, female co-worker that he is close friends with about my weird cat-related sexual trauma. And Oliver being a dumbass, being like, oh no, Alice is really, like, don't worry, she's both of our friends. I told her, Dr. Judd was actually Alice's recommendation. I got his name because I told oh. Alice about this, like, right away. And Irina's like, not great. Excuse me? Which I Not completely great. agree. It's like you are you have to check with your partner if you're going to be telling their psychiatric business to your friends. Yeah. yeah. Or your coworkers, I think, you know? And definitely your, like, coworker that you could be interested exactly. in. Exactly. Yeah, someone who is, like, an age-appropriate person that you're very close to. Oliver immediately realizes he fucks up. He's like, no, I, I knew Alice would understand. She's a good egg. But I read furious, 
and even Al starts apologizing. She's like, I, please don't be offended. It wasn't like that. And and Irina says, um, basically asks her to leave. So Alice leaves, again, apologizing, and Irina yells at Oliver, like, why would you tell her that? She's like, I'm telling you, Alice understands everything. She's a dear friend. And Irina says, well, there's some things even a woman doesn't want other women to know. Of course, that night, they're still sleeping separately. So Irina gets up in the middle of the goddamn night. You know where she's going, Alice said? That's right, she's going back to the fucking zoo. And she's at the zoo, and she's pacing outside the gate, in like the panther is pacing in the cage. So they're sort of like paralleling each other, right? Yes, 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 yes. She gets back. Oliver's up and is terrified because he's like, I I woke up and like the door, like the bedroom door was open and you weren't there. Also like the answer, where were you? The zoo at night. Like pacing (laughs) around. Yeah. You know, like a cat would. And she's like, I will, he's like, I will literally do whatever you want. I like, I, you know, whatever. And she's like, I don't want to fight about this. And she says, please do what you can and never make me feel jealous or envy or envious. And we realize it's not simply that she was upset, is that she is also afraid her feelings of jealousy or envy will trigger her transformation to a cat person. Which is really hard to then be like, I'm going to restrict myself to certain emotions. Yeah. Because they're not within your, like, you can't control if you feel jealous or envious of somebody or something. Like, it just isn't really, you can, like, recognize that and try and mitigate it. But, like, if you feel that and you think that's going to turn you into a cat, girl, you're about to be a cat. Girl, you will be a cat. 100%. 100%. At work, sometime later, Alice sees that Oliver's looking really mi- miserable, and Oliver confesses that Arena has stopped going to Dr. Judd, and he did. she didn't tell him. So she stopped seeing the psychiatrist, and he's really upset because he's like, and he says to her, he's like, I'll be honest, I don't think I've ever actually been unhappy before. <laughs> like, I, I, you know, I didn't, I just kind of went through my life, and we got married, and now I was like, I don't know how to resolve this. I've mm-hmm. never actually been unhappy. Like, I, and now that I look at my life, Alice starts crying, and she says, I can't stand to see you unhappy. I'm in love with you. Of course she is. Yeah, but she says, I know you're with Irina. I know you guys are in love. And he goes, well, wait one second. Well, hang on. And he says, I don't know anymore if I know what love is, and I don't know if I love Irina. And Alice says, I know what love is. It's two people coming together and, and sharing a life and being honest and, 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 and not having any weird stuff about cats. I'll tell you that much. And Oliver says, wow, like, you've given me a lot to think about. He says, sometimes I feel like Irina and I are strangers. And Alice takes his hand and says, oh, Ollie, you and I will never be strangers. Mm. Meanwhile, Irina is, you guessed it, back at the zoo. Oh, good. (laughs) And she's found a zoo. Glad she's there. Nothing to worry about. The zookeeper has left his key in the lock of the panther's cage. And so there is this moment. This guy's not helping. He is it, he is a terrible zookeeper, first of all. That's like the the number one the thing number you should do. That's, that's it. That's priority one is like, okay, once you're like, okay, the animals are all alive, it's keeping them in the yes. enclosures that they live in. And, they, and the, 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 like, people could get to the, the outside of the cage area by stepping over a little fence. So, like, it's not like there's a moat or anything. Like, it's like right. the door will open and the panther could just leap over the fence. Yes. But she doesn't open it, Allison. She takes the key out. She gives it to the zookeeper. And then she she turns and standing behind her is her therapist, Dr. John. And he he's says- He's at the zoo? He's at the zoo. Everyone's at the zoo. He's, is it night? No, no, it's day. Okay. It's day. So, so um, Oliver's at work and Irina is not at work. She's at the zoo, uh, not releasing the panther from its cage. 
And he yeah. says, congratulations on not opening it. And he's like, well, I, I wasn't going to do that. Why would, I, why would I do something like that? Uh, there is, in some cases, a psychic need to loose evil upon the world. And we all of us carry within us a desire for death. You fear the panther, yet you're drawn to him again and again. Couldn't you turn to him as an instrument of death? Why don't you come back to see me? I know you have a troubled mind. She tells him, no, it's not my mind that's troubled. It's my soul. There's a difference. Allison, do you feel like there is sometimes a psychic need to unleash evil into the world? Yes. I know. Why do we have yeah. that? I don't know. It's not good. Sometimes, like, And even just like separate from, like sometimes I like just want to start shit. Oh, I feel I like that's that. the same instinct, like instinct, like where I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I just want to unleash some chaos and like, Make something worse. I don't like. I like almost never, ever, ever even think about acting on it. But it is like a human instinct. I get that. I there was yesterday, and I think you'll understand this as a comedian. But there yeah. is this I think that, like yeah, that's also a huge part where you're just like it would be funny if things got worse. Like you know, someone at work, and it was like it would be in a funny way. But it was like, ooh, I just want to like bully this person in a really yes. funny way and make a bit yes. out of it. But it yes. was someone wh- whom that like I know that they wouldn't enjoy that. Like there's some people yeah. you could do that with, and you could kind totally. of then you could sort of be mean to each other and joke. But there's yeah, certain yeah. people that whether they're more sensitive or they're just that's just not their sense of humor. Just don't enjoy that kind of joking. I was like, it don't do it. But I was like, ooh, I want be mean in a fun way because I like that. That's one of the things that I do sort of not miss, but like I really enjoyed about the com- being, living in the comedy community is like you could just be fucking mean to just each other's ragging face. On each other. Like it was and really nice. And it's like I've like people have said some, such mean things to me like in jokes, like no knowing that they're joking. Yes. And it's just like all I can do is laugh because I'm like, that's funny. It's like a roast. <laughs> like going to a roast or taking yes. part in a roast is like it is hilarious to have to say what people like mm-hmm. see in you. Yes. That is make funnable, you know. Yes. Yes. Um, um so yes, I believe in that instinct to like, you know, maybe not unleash evil on the world, but certainly to shake shit up a little bit. Uh, I mean, what a treat. Yeah, I, we wouldn't unleash a panther, but it, it aren't don't don't we all have a panther inside and doesn't that panther want to occasionally be a bitch, you know, yeah. what, in whatever way that looks like. <laughs> um and you know, uh uh she kind of like abruptly leaves the conversation with Dr. Judd at home. Oliver confronts Irina and says, Hey, I want to talk to you. We are, you're not being frank with me. I ran into Dr. Judd and I feel like this is how couples grow apart. I really want to sit down and talk and be like, what's going on? Yeah. But then it is like, that's all very like, again, thoughtful. And he's trying Reasonable. to be smart and open. And then he makes a huge mistake. He says, mm. it's like I told Alice and everybody goes, excuse me. You told Alice this. And he's like, look, I know I promised you that you, we wouldn't quarrel because I didn't want to, like, trigger you. You know, I don't want to make you jealous or envious. So I'm going to go to work. Now it is nighttime. And apparently they okay. they designed barges around the clock. These barges have to be made, Allison. Get those barges out there. These barges aren't going to design themselves. Um, and he says, I'm just going to go to, do a little work and then come back. And when I'm calm in the morning, we will then we'll talk about this, okay? I don't, I don't want to have a fight. He goes to the office, but there's a cleaning lady, Miss Agnew, who is mopping the, um, wait, what's the door where it turns in a circle? Revolving? A revolving door. Woo! <laughs> the door where it turns I'm going to take circle. more medication next, yes, before yeah. our next recording. Great idea. Is mopping the revolving door, which seems like that's a hard Just thing to do. Just going in a circle a, in it with a mop? Yeah. 
Well, she's on her she's on her hands and knees, having to like scoot around in a circle. Oh, I see. Um, so he's she's Still. and he's like, oh, uh, sorry. She's like, sorry, I'll be done in a minute. You could come through. And he's like, you know what? I'm gonna go around the corner to there's a, like an all night coffee shop for pie and coffee. And the name of it, at least according to the way it's spelled on the screen, is Sally Lung. <laughs> sorry, it's called <laughs> Sally Lung. <laughs> like Wait, I, Sally Lung. L Sally. And then L U N G. Like, someone's <laughs> last name is Sally Lung. Sally Lung. Like, she's like a character in like a children's anatomy book. Like, oh, hello, it's Sally Lung. Yeah, we're twins. There's two of us. Um, Sally and we Molly turn Lung. breathing air into energy. And I was like, I want to know everything about Sally Lung. That Sally is such Lung. a fucking funny name. That is such a funny name. Um, Allison, uh, Irina, of course calls the office because now she's like, oh, God, I drove my husband off to the office in the middle yeah. of goddamn night. Of course, when she calls, who's up late working? It's Alice. So now she's thinking, wait a minute, he's not just going to work to work. He's meeting up with Alice, that bitch. On her way out, um, Alice uh, then exits pretty much after she got the phone call. She sees Miss Agnew and Miss Agnew says, oh, you know, Oliver's around the corner to get coffee. <clears throat> you know, I just saw him. So... I was like, oh, great, I'll see if he's still there, and I'll stop it and say hi. So, of course, as soon as Irina gets down there, because she's just like, I'm going to the funniest fucking workplace and confront this bitch. Yeah. She finds them, she's through the window having pie and coffee, so it does look like he left just to meet up with Alice, even though that yeah. isn't, you know. it Right, but it's a bad. It looks bad. It's a bad look. And to be fair, he she told him that she's in love with him. He was like, I don't know how my feelings about my wife, but they are keeping it platonic. There's no, They are not doing anything. No funny business. Like, he walks her to the corner and was like, do you want me to walk you home? And she says, I'm a big girl, it's fine. And they literally shake hands to say goodbye and then okay. leave. So they're like, they're not even hugging. They're trying to like, you know what I mean? And I, I think it is intentional. Up. Yeah, like, you're you're married. I want to like, you sort that out. Unfortunately, Al starts to walk through the park because this is supposed to be Central Park, but it looks like it's just shot on a lot, obviously. Yeah. And she hears someone following her. And then suddenly there's this great roar. And when she turns, luckily the bus pulls up and she's able to get on. Okay, great. And as she looks, she sees these trees shaking, but obviously she's being stalked by something, perhaps some sort of cat person, Allison. Meanwhile, over the zoo, the zookeeper has found two dead sheep. And I was like, what kind of zoo has sheep? But he also finds a set. That's true. And this is not that kind of zoo. No. He finds a set of bloody paw prints, say of a panther. And as they walk, they turn into high heel prints. (gasps) Which I, I love. love. It's so I good. I love that. Yeah. So Irina arrives home. It's the middle of the fucking night. Oliver's terrified again because he's like, I did go to work. Oh, I, I mean, I ended up having coffee, but I, that was my plan. Yeah. And so when he gets home, he's like, I thought you were just, you just left. Like, I thought you just fucking bailed. And, he, and again, he apologizes. Like, I'm so sorry we fought. Please forgive me. I really do want to work this out. And she says, I forgive you. And then goes into her bedroom to draw a bath. And he tries to follow her in, but she shuts the door. And then she just sits in the bathtub and sobs. In this very, like, real way. Like, it really is, like, she's so distressed and alone and afraid. Yeah. But thinks, if I I open up to this person, to my husband, the whole thing, I'm, the whole whole thing's gonna come apart. Yeah. Um, So, that night, Irina dreams of cats and King John with his sword. Mm -hmm. And the next day, Allison, she goes back to the zoo and the key is in the panther's cage oh, once boy. more. Feels like it's uh, harder to turn down this time. Allison, who will survive? Who will survive? I think only Irina, and she is a cat. 
Okay, great. Okay. I think that she'll kill um, her husband and Alice and Love then um, live her life possibly as a cat forever. Where do you think she'll escape to? Where do you think she'll, will she be making up to Canada? She'll go to New Jersey? Um, I could see her maybe getting on one of the barges and heading back yes. to Europe. Yeah, exactly. Don't I don't know if a barge, barge can cross the Atlantic, but it's, you know, closer at least. Oh, only one way to find out. Somebody tell us. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Next time we're we're with Irina and Oliver, and Alice tags along as a third to go to the museum. This bitch. It's like, read the room, Alice. Yeah. But she's in love with Oliver, you know. So uh, they visit the maritime section. Oliver says, oh, we know that you hate boats. I think they're boring. So why don't you go look at the modern art and we'll meet you downstairs in an hour. Even though Irina says, well, I like looking at the little ships. Like, try, you know, she's like, I want to spend time with you. And he's like, oh, no, boo, stink. You know, and then as soon as she steps away to go look at the modern art, Oliver's like, oh, Alice, blah, blah, blah. Here's this barge. We know so much about boats. And I used to see Irina's face like, I don't know anything about boats. My <laughs> husband's talking to another woman about boats. All I know about is cats. That night, um, they get separated. When they go downstairs, Irina's not there. However, when Alice starts to go home, we know that Irina has started following her. Okay. Alice lives in, I believe lives in a hotel because there's a front desk and she asked for the key to the swimming pool. And I feel like that was more of a setup back then. I do think like people lived in hotels more yeah. And like mid-century, like that, especially in the cities, like I think that was happening. Yeah, exactly. And it's like if you're like, uh, I just work and go to my house, ha- like go to my yeah. hotel room. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. So she, she gets the key to the swimming pool, which is in the basement. And the desk clerk has a little black kitten who Alice kind of plays with. Mm. And when she goes down into the pool area to change, she doesn't notice the kitten follows her. Alice puts on her bathing suit and it's all, it's incredibly dark in the swimming pool area. And she turns to the doorway and sees the kitten yowling in fright. And she sees a shadow. And Allison, what does she do? She leaps into the pool. It's like, you see something scary, so you're going to so get, get into get water? In a, in a pool. And, like, not just, like, what? Like, you can't, like, it's not like, oh, I'm going to swim away. Yes. It's like, not a it's river. It's an enclosed pool. Unless, I mean, you are more of a swimmer than I, so is your first instinct when you're afraid to leap into a pool? No. Okay. Well, yeah. So I don't know why she did that, but again, you need it, you need it for the scene. Yeah. And we're, she's swimming around and we're hearing like the yowling filling up the darkness in this pool room. And you see like the water reflecting in the ceiling and a shape moving in the shadows. And she screams. And the desk clerk and the housekeeper run down to help. But the figure emerges out of the dark. It's just Irina. She says, you know, Alice, do you know where my husband is? Because I got separated from you in the museum. 
And Elsa says, oh, he must have gone home. Like, we looked for you. We didn't see you. We'd se- we went separate ways. He's not here. I'll tell you that much. And Irene's like, oh, that's probably what it is. I'll just head home. She leaves, and the desk clerk hands Alice her dressing gown, and they both see it has been torn to ribbons <gasps> by some kind of cat person. Claws, claws. So it's the middle of the damn night, but Alice calls. People are up and about. I guess it's Manhattan. Like, it's New York. Like, city doesn't sleep, so I guess it would yeah, make yeah. sense. People are out and around. So Alice calls Dr. Judd, and he comes to her building. And Alice says, how much do you believe about the cat people that Irina believes in? Because I haven't followed twice, and I swear to God, it was by the cat version of Irina. And Dr. Judd says, man, I wouldn't be so rich. Call all these cat ladies, like, catching each other's crazy. He doesn't believe a word of it. Okay. And he says, let's see about this logically. Why would Arena want to hurt you? And she's like, well, that's the thing. I'm in love with her husband. And he goes, oh, okay. Well, uh, he's like, I think that this makes sense. Like, you, she's sort of influencing how you're thinking. Like, you're caught up in this, like, weird triangle of, like, fear and, like, her anxiety. And now you're sort of being affected by it. But I want to go talk to Irina and get her side of things. And Alice at this point is like, Irina is a cat person. Yeah. So be careful. And she says, oh, well, I, I guess you'd have me carry a gun with a silver bullet. She says, um, yeah, like if you had one. But he says, don't worry. And he shows her the inside of his cane is a sword, which is pretty fucking badass. That's awesome. But like weird for um, just like a psychiatrist. <laughs> See, I absolutely think this is exactly the kind of guy who would have something like that. Like, it's yeah. never going to come up, but he just gets to show women that there's a sword in his cane. Yeah. Um, he leaves, and we have him go back to another session. So, the, really, is a second session with Irina. And she okay. is, tells him that she's having more and more frequent memory lapses, ostensibly when she's turning into a cat person. And she's becoming more and more afraid. And he says, you know, I'm having a hard time, like, giving you counsel because you aren't being honest with me. And she says, I have always told you the truth. I'm being 100% honest. I don't know how to explain what's happened to me, but I am being honest with you. And he, she, he says, are you telling me you're honestly concerned if you kiss your husband, you will turn into a cat and rend him to bits? And she says, I don't know. But obviously on some level, yes, you know? Right. And then Dr. Judd leans in and he says, well, what if I were to kiss you? I mean. Dr. Judd. Boundary crossing. You're a professional. Irina says, oh, I don't know what would happen, but I do know I do not want to be kissed by you. And so, of course, then Dr. John is becomes like a huge bitch. He's like, you're very clever. You must really enjoy this little game. You know, some people can be outsmarted by their patients, and clearly you're too smart for me. You, you got it all twisted up. And she's like, I am not lying to you. This is not a game. I believe this is 100% true. Yeah. He says, I'll tell you this right now. If you believe this, you are this close from real insanity. And then he says, I can't help you. You have to help yourself. Just forget those stories of your youth and get rid of any cat objects in your house. It's like, if she could do that, she would have done she that. She would just do that. You were a horrible psychiatrist. Yeah, he's not good at his job. But Irina says, you know what? I think you've really helped me. And we sort of see her, the wheels turning in her head. At home, Irina sets up a candle at dinner when Oliver arrives home. And she says, I went to Dr. Judd's and now I'm no longer afraid and we could have sex. And she didn't say that part, obviously. But, and Oliver says, well, this is a little while ago. That would make me the happiest man in the world, but things have changed. I'm in love with Alice. Oh, my God. Kill them like, all. She's correct in killing all of them. <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry. I will give you a divorce. I'll give you whatever you want. It'll be better that way. I'm sorry this didn't work out. She's devastated. She's like, fine. And she collapses on the couch. She's like, what, what could you offer me? And solace, just silence. Well, guess what? I love silence. I love loneliness. All I need is the cats. I can hear them. And Oliver goes to her and says, hey, hey, hey. 
hey, Rita, you're talking like an insane woman. And the phrase, it's like the idea of somebody saying when you're distraught, you're talking like an, like insane, an insane woman. woman. Again, exactly what you want to have, say to someone when they're going through it, you know? Yeah. Um, she screams at him to get out. And when she leaves, she sort of claws over the cushion of their velvet couch and like the stuffing comes out. Allison, Dr. Judd, Oliver, and Alice meet up to discuss what to do about Irina. Because okay. Oliver and Alice, despite the fact they're in love with each other, do really care about her and want to figure it out. And Dr. Judd is a fucking dumbass piece of shit. And we know he's about to be killed by a cat person. So, you know. Yeah. He says, well, Deserved. we can either have her committed or you could have your marriage annulled. It's like, wow, that is history for women. Yeah. Okay, those are the options, baby. And he says, as a psychiatrist, I would recommend you put her away. But as a friend, I would say have your marriage annulled because you can't, you cannot divorce an insane person. I was okay. like, this is a very dehumanizing conversation about this person. And Oliver, to his credit, says, if she's insane, then I will not divorce her. I will support her through this. I'm not going to abandon her. And Alice says, that's the right thing to do, and I will help you do it. Like, just because this wow. is complicated, we're not going to abandon her if she's mentally ill. I was like, this is 1942, baby. I appreciated this. We're, like, barely there now. But the problem with that is, like, okay, so we're not going to support her. We are going to support her, which means we're going to have her committed to a mental institution. Yeah, I'm not And he says, we're going to drop the commitment papers, and then we'll all meet, and we'll sort of have an intervention at 6 p.m. at your guys, at, um, at Oliver and Irena's place, to, like, be like, we're going to put you in a facility and— until you don't believe they're cat people anymore. Uh, and they're just having coffee, talking about having In this the meantime, woman. like, you'll be yeah. there, and you can't leave, and then we'll be at work together. <laughs> right, yeah. I know exactly. It's like, yeah, that's really going to help her. Um, but so they go home. They're waiting for her. Irina never comes home, right? And it's late. And finally, Dr. Judd says, I'm just going to go home. We'll talk tomorrow. And Oliver and Alice go back to work to work on a barge. I mean— are they working like a 90-hour work? I mean, I guess they I kind of aren't so. working during the day. They're like, we're at the museum. I'm walking around. Let's get coffee. And I guess it's coffee. cool, like, you can make your own hours at the barge construction company. I, I don't know. But Dr. Judd fixes the lock, uh, like, basically sets the lock on Oliver and Irina's apartment so he can get back in without them. So we know that Dr. Judd's going to sneak back in. Okay, well, that's his problem. Of course, at work, the phone rings, Alice answers, and there's a hang-up call. And Alice was like, that's crazy. That happened that one night when someone followed me home. Oh, fuck. That was Irina. Irina's coming here. Oh, boy. And Oliver says, get your things. Let's go. Alice points and stops him. The door to the hallway was open, and it's now closed and locked. Alice, and they hear a growl, and there's a full-on fucking panther in the office. Oh, shit. There's a panther loose at the barge construction company. During night shift. The panther backs them up into the corner, and Oliver grabs a T-square, which then forms, of course, the shadow of the cross. Oh, my God. One true cross, of course. And he tells the panther, in the name of God, leave us in peace. The panther falls silent, and they sort of peer around. It's all dark in the office, and the panther is gone. But when we get, they get down to the lobby, Alice notices that the lobby is filled with Irina's perfume, her signature scent. And they walk out of the fog, and I think this is the funniest line. They walk out of the fog, Alice goes, I need a drink. And it's just like her delivery is like, you think it's going to be like, now they're going to treat it really serious. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to need a drink after that one. <laughs> back in the apartment, Dr. John has 40s. let himself back in. Great. Alice tries to call to warn him, because she's like, we called you at home, and I guess you're just stuck back into our apartment. I don't understand. But Irina is a cat person. Yep. And she is, if she's not here, she's probably going to come there. Irina enters. And Irina goes to Dr. Judd, and he basically just fucking puts the full court press on her. 
Okay. And he says, you know, you are you live in fear of yourself, but I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of your perfume or your hair. I'm not afraid of your body. So don't be afraid of me. And they kiss. Well, Allison, <laughs> proofs of the pudding here. Irina's face, oh her, she kind of has this blank look and then her eyes start to dazzle. This like very fun effect. And Dr. Judd backs up and grabs his cane, pulling out the sword. And then we see a huge fight in shadow, but it's obviously the actor just holding like a panther mannequin and flailing around. <laughs> like the panther's tacking him. It's obviously just like a stuffed panther. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's incredible. It's so funny. He's holding it and he's like flailing and falling down. Of course, she kills him. Yes. And she's able to escape right as Alice and Oliver are running up the stairs. She's able to, like, hide behind a plant on the stairwell. And all okay. the other neighbors have heard this, so all the neighbors run down. And Irina, from the bottom of the stairwell, casts one last look up the stairs, just as Oliver did at the beginning. Allison, Dr. Judd, if you can believe it, has been killed by what they believe to be a panther. Bye-bye. They look and they see that his sword cane is broken off, which means Irina is, got stabbed so badly it's in her body or broke off in her body. They have to find oh, her. I thought it was going to be like, now she has a knife. Oh, like- God, no. I wish. <laughs> Fuck. There is a sequel, and I hope it's that she just gets a knife. Um, yeah. So they go find Arena, and she's, of course, you better believe it, at the fucking zoo again. She has a, the sword blade stabbed through her shoulder. So she's, like, staggering around. She's still in her heels because she's a woman, and she finds the key to the panther cage in the door, Allison, for the third time. Third time's a charm. Well. Finally, she opens it. And the panther leaps out, knocking her to the ground. She collapses, and the panther then scales and leaps out the exterior wall and immediately gets hit by a car. Oh, that panther didn't deserve that. I know. And when Alice and Oliver arrive at the zoo, they find next to the cage the dead body of a panther. And the last line of the movie, Oliver turns to Alice and says, she never lied to us. (laughs) <laughs> the cat people. And then we end with text on the screen, which is from something that does exist. It is um, from the Holy Sonnets, John Donne. But black sin hath betrayed the endless night. My world, both parts and body parts, must die. Um, Allison, I, the reason I'm watching this, I was like, this is, in a way, exactly how I felt coming out. Yeah. Um, like it was this very visceral. I, I keep, I, I, the term I was in my mind that I use is lesbian werewolf, where it was this really bodily okay, well, experience. Also, like, write that movie, please. A hundred fucking percent. <laughs> There's a lot of lesbian vampires, incredible, and bisexual va- vampires, we love it. A lesbian Great. werewolf. That's lesbian really how werewolf. I felt. That's what we need. Yeah. And it was this interesting experience. And I've kind of read other people who came out later and, uh, there was one art, one sort of personal essay I wrote where the person described it as like realizing they they were queer was like getting punched in the face, and there is something for me when I was realizing it like I was sure. sort of the, the time between I realized it and like told Dave by front of the pod who I interviewed at the end of uh, our last episode men. Um, and we talk about that time. It really was like, I was like not sleeping. I was losing weight. I was like, I, I was, it was like a physical experience and yeah, it was sure. both like the shock of it, but also it was like, oh no, I have to blow up my whole life. And yeah. And I love David. I, I, I hoped that in the end we would be friends, but it was, it was like, all right, I just have to do this. And you it is. You have to is, pull the trigger and just. 
Yeah. What happens, happens. Yeah. And I have a lot of um, deep, like, admiration for people who came out, <laughs> say, in the 40s and were like, I can't live like this because yeah. it is such a psychological— Like, you do have to go through the gauntlet. And obviously, it's 2023. I feel very—well, and that's a mixed bag in and of itself. But right. I do feel very fortunate. It was so much easier for me. But even though it was, like, the most— to date, one of the more easy times to come out. Of course. It was um, it, it was such an intense um, psychological and physical experience um, that, that watching this movie, I'm like, well, that is kind of what it's like, you know, fortunately, to get yeah. stabbed with a sword. But um, a, 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 a story about queerness that is not about queerness at all, but absolutely feels yeah. queer oh to my, me. Easily mapped onto, I think, so many experiences and stories. Yeah. So at the end, both of, all the Panthers are dead. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, Yeah. her Panther and regular Panther are both. And Dr. Judd, at least he got murdered, so that's good. Um, What are some fatal mistakes you think people may have made in the movie Cat People? Fatal mistakes. I mean, I'll say it, the zoo employing this zookeeper who can't keep the key out of the cage. I'm saying one time, okay, we all make mistakes. We all make a mistake at work. Okay, okay, you know, we had an off day. Three times in what appears to be a matter of weeks. Like, this is definitely less than a month from when the first key in the door situation. This motherfucker is lucky that no one got killed. Yes, and like, of all of the animals, you know, it's like you leave the lizard house open. They're just going to kind of like scurry around. Like, they're not, like, a, a carnivorous jungle cat, like... Yes. It's a date that's got to be priority one of like, make sure this one doesn't get out. Something that could take down a human being and could yes. absolutely take kill a child. Like, yes. I mean, um, yeah. do you remember when that cobra escaped out of the Bronx Zoo oh and then someone started a Twitter account like before they found it? They think that it was just like in a wall or something. I think it yeah, ended yeah, up yeah. being fine. Which but also, like, uh... I know. <laughs> It, yeah, it's all funny games. So you're the one who finds the cobra, like in the no. in the women's bathroom or something. No, my God, no, no, no. So uh, I guess that guy is a big one. And then um, I would say also like Oliver continuing to kind of like carry on this relationship with Alice, yeah. like even yeah. if it stayed platonic, and like obviously they had to see each other at work. It's like, why is she at the museum? Why are yeah. you getting coffee? Like it's just. You know. Also, I'm sorry, like, why not tell him? Maybe she didn't realize until they got married, but I'm like, girl, if he's, like, such a good friend and your colleague and you know that he's engaged or, you know, I mean, like, I do feel like you should just fucking say something. Yeah, I agree. And, like, to wait until they're married and his wife is having a cat-related sexual breakdown? Yeah. <laughs> Read the room. Read the fucking room. And I would say Dr. Judd, I think, to believe in your, your abilities as a psychiatrist, the most fatal mistake yeah. of all. Yeah, he he was torn apart by a panther, and and as well he should have been. Yes. Um, and then finally, where would you place cat people on the spooky scale, Allison? A spooky scale. I mean, this feels like a two. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't even know if it's a two, but I'm like, I guess something was probably scary. Um. I think finding out my psychiatrist has a sword hidden in the office would be um, unsettling to me. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, um, yeah, it's not scary, but it is beautifully shot. The acting yeah. is great. It is a compelling story. Yeah, I'm going to give it two. I'm going to give yeah. it two. Yeah. The artistry for enjoyment. of it. Yes, absolute ten. And yeah, a great movie if you're someone like, I can't really watch horror movies. This is a horror movie you can watch. I promise you that it is... 
more of a thriller. It is it is a monster movie in its own right, a creature mm-hmm. feature, but it is a creature as allegory for a woman's uh, suppressed sexuality. And, um, you know, what if she, you know, it's like, if you, if you, if you kiss this man, you turn into a panther, had you kissed a woman, maybe it all would have been okay. We don't all know yeah. all the rules about know. the cat people. Yeah. We'll never know. We'll never know. Um, but to you at home, feel free to kiss a woman if you want, or a man, yes. or a non-binary person, or all three, because it is Pride Month. And Pretty I hope everyone's bright. out here shaking ass. Yes. Please. We beg of yes. you. Um, and until next week, thank you for listening. Yes. And, um, and please... Um, Keep it spooky. Yeah. Meow, meow. Don't forget to follow us at Ruin Podcast and Crooked Media for show updates. And if you're as opinionated as we are, consider dropping us a review. Ruined is a radio point and Crooked Media production. We're your writers and hosts, Hallie Kiefer and Allison Leiby. The show is executive produced by Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder, and recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. From Crooked Media, our executive producer is Kendra James, with production and promotional support from Ari Schwartz, Kyle Sieglin, Julia Beach, Caroline Dunphy, and Awa Okalati. Want to make Mom's Day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.